What's up, everybody? Welcome to part two of Meet the Founder. We're we're back with Apollonia Rockwell. We're um, back with David <laughs> Jones. Yeah. All right. I like this setup. This setup worked well last time. It did. It's different. Yeah. Because again, I'm still not used to being interviewed. I like interviewing people. <laughs> so it was, I don't know, it was interesting. I got a, a lot out of it, surprisingly. It was awesome. fun. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it last time. Awesome. Uh, so you, you want to just dive right in? and Let's do it. Or did, did you want to recap a little bit from what we did last time? Yeah. So I think um, if you haven't listened already to part one i'm going to even just like throughout our interview i'll recap it a little bit but if you want more details of how the business was started and let's see if some other topics we covered i think just a little bit of my upbringing a little bit of how true safety was born where we started why we started i think I think part one was mainly why. Mm, I think that yeah. you, we, we did a good job of just, um, you had the perfect questions to bring that out, but it was more of why we started and kind of what our big vision is. So if you want more details on that, listen to part one. But so what do you have for me? I try not to, I'm not going to look at the questions right. for part two. <laughs> so I, yeah, just, we can just roll. Sounds good. Well, okay, so part two was kind of designed to see, um, you know, dive into actually building a business. What, what were the challenges on uh, building a business, period, any business anywhere, but but like also the challenges specific to oil and gas industry and then the yeah. challenges specific to a safety company in the oil and gas industry. And um, starting your own company, um, I mean, you're a woman in a male-dominated industry and there's challenges with that. and. Uh, being a woman of color in a male-dominated industry, like you had a, um, I mean, most people um, would give up after one of those, but like you didn't. You kept pushing forward, and here we are, yeah. years later. It was and... a crazy road. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it was that's crazy. what we're. I, I would love to hear uh, just the process, but yeah, specific challenges on okay. building a business. Okay. So where do you want me to start? I mean, just what are the main challenges? I, I mean, right off the bat. It's no secret. I think that no matter what industry you're in, your number one challenge, also number one opportunity, but your number one challenge for me is people. Mm. And I think that's with every company because, for an example, I was just talking to Jennifer about um, sales and she just got done just got done meeting right now and she was talking about working at a tuxedo company and selling high-end cabinetry and all these things she goes but that was the easy part like selling the product itself no matter what industry it was like that was easy but it was mm. always it's just always about the people so not just about the customer but the team aspect the company aspect mm. the culture aspect so i think that yeah i would definitely say that people is the greatest challenge but also the greatest opportunity so i think that Yes, it's difficult to, I think when you're starting a business, you're just client focused in a way where it's easy to just think, okay, customer, customer, customer right off the bat. Mm. But you have to be, it has to be opposite in a way where you're focused on employees first, mm. customers second. And I, I don't know, do you see that that's kind of, old school, I hear a lot of, 
you know, clients first, clients first, mm. or sales first. I think that, and it is important. There's no business without sales. Right. There's no, you can have, everyone's like kumbaya in the office and everyone's <laughs> cool, but sales aren't getting done. So, I mean, I understand sales are, are what drives a business, but without the right people in place to do that, it, I don't know, you just can't have longevity. Totally. I think that you can't scale. Uh, I mean, not saying you can't, but I think that'll be more difficult. Sure. Having a, like, I don't know, a rotten team or having uh. a team that just doesn't have culture or there's bad blood or whatever that is, it's going to be more difficult for that company to scale and to grow and to upkeep customers and how do you keep customers happy if your employees aren't happy? Absolutely. So I don't know. That's just something I think about a lot. So um, when when did that kind of when did that kind of take hold when you yeah. were starting the company? Was that something you learned along the way, or is that something that you're like, I want to start this company, but I'm going to do it this way right out of the gate? Um, I want yeah. to be all about company culture. Like, can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, no, that's huge. That's like such a great question because no, I, the answer was no, I had no idea. It wasn't even on my radar mm. starting a business that company culture, I wasn't self-aware. I wasn't self-aware that company culture was going to be number one at, in the beginning, like I said, and probably for a lot of companies, it's like, okay, I need my first client because it was just me. Mm. So I had my first clients and it, it was just me servicing, um, doing training, doing field audits, doing accident investigations, um, IS Networld for all you HSE pros and <laughs> ops people that know what I'm talking about. So I was doing that by myself. Then, honestly, bringing the first person on was really hard because every because you just face the situations of I could just do this better, faster, quicker, mm. my way. Sure. Or you have to make the you have to make the decision. I'm either going to be a one man show forever, or I'm going to make the leap and I'm going to be 100% focused on growing a team. Like there's no in between. Right. So it was either like it was either take the pain now or <laughs> or just or continue to be a one man show forever. So. I, I don't know. So I decided, hey, cross training is going to be difficult. It's going to be daunting at times. It's going to be time consuming. It's not my favorite thing to do right. um, because it takes a lot. It takes a lot of patience and empathy. And at that time, I don't think I was just simply self-aware of how, how long it was going to take to fully invest and train another human being and set mm. them up for success. So we got so then we have the first employee. Um, just trying to think back. I haven't thought about this in a while. I don't think it was until around I don't know maybe around five employees where I realized, oh wow, the boys and girls in the office don't all get along. Uh. Like that that not that they didn't get along, but that there would be instances where I'm like, oh, this could go south. Mm. And if they don't jive, then the end product is, is affected. So that's kind I think it was around employee five where I was like, oh, 
personality conflicts. Uh. Some people are more sensitive than others. Some people have egos. Like it was at that time where it was, I was really self-aware that how different five people can mm. be and how do we all get together to have eyes on the, on the big vision. And I think that's when I realized talking about the big vision, talking about the big picture, talking about the future was essential. Because mm. if you have five people that you're responsible for and everyone's just showing up and it's just day to day, like you're just showing up, um, n not driven, you don't really know why you're showing up, like that all falls on me. Like as the owner, if you're a leader, or if you're the influencer of the company, um, the CEO or whatever, I mean, everything is your fault. That's my <laughs> philosophy. Everything mm. is my fault. If a, if a client is lost, if an incident investigation isn't done correctly, if something goes wrong, I mean, everything's my fault. So, um, <coughs> that's was, I don't know, I guess that, that was the awareness point at that time. So it hits you pretty early, right? You yeah. said employee five. So as soon as things kind of get some traction, you're like, oh, this is something we need to take care of. Yeah. What did that conversation look like? How did you go from, oh, there's some, we could be going south here soon if yeah. this doesn't get fixed. How did you fix that? Yeah. So good question. I mean, it was through communication. <clears throat> like it's, it's really as simple and as hard as that is it's okay. communication. So for an example, if we had a team member that's not getting along with everybody in the office, I think it's really easy as humans to just turn the other way or to just think, hey, like this is gonna solve itself, right? Like somebody mm. else is gonna take care of this or that right. person's gonna be self-aware, right? And, and it doesn't happen. Sure. So I realized by not addressing things at early stages that that, that was not good. Like I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, this is something that I need to be proactive in and I, I'm not perfect at it by any means and I think no company is perfect. But if, if you see tension or if you see a bad attitude or morale low, I think that's, I learned just through, through trial and error to address those things, sit with that person one-on-one -on -one mm. and communicate that or else it's gonna snowball <laughs> and manifest into something greater than you could have ever dreamt. Right. And it all could have been stopped with just simple, with a simple sit down. Hey, what's going on? Sure. Hey, the way that you came across to a client, I know you and I know that you didn't intend to, you know, to come off rude or what, right. but this is how the customer, this is how the customer felt. And you know, this is what we need to do to correct it. I think that one of my biggest flaws today, and it was even worse in the beginning was not, um, not being confrontation. I'm not a confrontational person. Mm. And so when something, when somebody would mess up or if somebody would, like have a bad encounter with a customer. The customer calls me and they're like, hey, so-and-so sucks, or they they messed up in this way. I feel that I'm, again, like not great at it now, but I just was so afraid of hurting people's feelings. Mm. 
and I was afraid if somebody wasn't performing, I didn't know in the beginning how to motivate that person. Mm. I didn't know how to sit down and say, hey, you need to step it up. Like, <laughs> I just, I, that's just, I don't know. That's just something that I, that you learn over time. Right. But in the beginning, it was just really hard. I'm sure plenty <laughs> of other leadership out there would agree with you. And I'm sure you're not the only one that, yeah, yeah that, that sounds, I've heard people say that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, not wanting to hurt people's feelings really hurts you as the leader more than it hurts them you know if you don't again if you don't communicate it or if you don't bring something to that if you don't bring something to someone's attention about their behavior you're hurting them in the long run is what i have to realize and that that doesn't mean you have to come at it being a jerk or being any other type of way but Avoiding confrontation is just going to, it's going to backfire. It's interesting hearing this side of things because, I mean, from from what it sounds like, that that's how you run or that's how you treat clients too. I mean, that's what like yeah. true safety is about, right? Yeah. Like, not avoiding the conversation about safety out in the field. Tra- like, that's such a good connection, the, like, yeah. Your whole goal is to change safety culture, right, mm-hmm. like for your clients. Mm-hmm. So why not like Start. address the culture in your own company too? I, it, it's interesting hearing those two. Um, I mean, we talked a lot about that last time, but hearing um, hearing that contrast with how you look at your own company, how you look at your own team. Absolutely, um, like not wanting to speak up for our clients, seeing a culture of sometimes of fear, and if a company like we see it as because we're the outsiders, if we're helping a client and they have bad safety culture, they have a lot of incidents, they have a lot of things going on we often see a culture of fear and so you're right i mean we're able to go in and break that down and we have a fresh set of eyes we're like third party coming in and we're like hey people are afraid to speak up they're afraid to say hey i'm not comfortable doing this job but it's yeah it's those moments of it's of i don't know um simply it's like not being afraid really Mm. it's not being afraid is something that yeah we have to practice here too is having those tough conversations well that makes like all kinds of sense because if you're, <laughs> like your team is used to having hard conversations and used yes. to having like culture Healthy. changes yeah yeah if they if the team if your team has done it before yeah then i mean that can only help your clients and that Absolutely. can only make business better um yeah you're right that's an interesting transition but like one of the topics on here is building a business around safety in general yeah unpopular topic but like not even just unpopular like you you mentioned fear like it's a, a little mm-hmm. bit of people don't like change it's a little bit of we've done this way for yes. for years and years mm-hmm. um one transition into that a little bit came on uh, how'd you do it so that's it's so interesting how you're connecting our culture to sometimes our clients' cultures and how we influence and make an impact. But um, so, I mean, I guess what, do you have like more granular question or like, what do you mean? Like, what do you want to get out of that? Like, how, what do you, how does true safety exist? Like, yeah. how do you guys make money? Because you picked something to make, to, your product is something that. Like you said, is unpopular. Yeah, and, but there's that, <laughs> it, like, um, 
So how yeah, does that exist? Well, um, I, <laughs> that's a that's a brave that's a that's a tall order to make a whole business around. I mean, you're so passionate about it, so it makes sense. Yeah. And, and if you hadn't listened to the first episode, uh, Apolloni talks a lot about how passionate she is about mm-hmm. safety and all of that, and you know, true safety kind of came out of that. But, um, you know. Sales is hard enough as it is. Culture is hard <laughs> enough as it is. How did you make a business that was certain, you know, so top. deep and unpopular topic? Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying now. So um, I think that the reason why we're successful is because I truly, truly believe this is because we're innovative. Mm. So what I mean by that is I don't think we would be where we're at today if I took a business model that I saw working around me at that time, so like five years ago or seven years ago, starting just like in the safety world and industry, if we would have just copied safety training and safety services, and if we just would have mimicked what was already happening, we wouldn't have experienced the growth that we're at now. Mm. And so how we existed is, yeah, like it is tough, like training needed, it, it all needed to be revamped in my eyes. I guess that's sure. just my perspective is training around me. I saw that it was one, a need, like one, it's OSHA mandated. So <laughs> that's helpful. Yeah. But if if we just would have kept doing the same thing over and over, we wouldn't be where, yeah, I mean, we, just, we, we wouldn't be where we're at today. So it was taking, it was taking an industry that I was really passionate about and more passionate about the people than I was the product and figuring out what they wanted and needed from me. So I knew that people needed hands-on training. People needed safety. Uh, people Companies needed a safety team that cared about the people mm. and didn't. I just, I see it still to this day. And these people, for the most, these people are not, have they don't have thriving businesses but i still see people doing it the same old school way of Mm. i'm a safety know-it-all i'm a safety cop they're just these like arrogant Uh. people that come in that tell you what you're doing wrong with your business and there's no value in that no so i just i don't know i just i guess we are just very self-aware that what our what our clients' true needs are, because one, our a lot of our employees have been on the other side where they're they they were the guy they were the guy in the field, right? Um, <clears throat> being treated poorly by a safety person, <laughs> yeah. or they're like, wow, this safety guy has no idea what they're talking about. So we have that perspective, but we're also in the trenches every mm. single day, not physically in the trenches, but we're so connected with our customer that we know what they need before they need it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's, that's how we're innovative is we're safety people that are so client-focused. I don't know. I don't know how else to yeah, put it, but we just know what our customers' needs are. It makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you're right. That's like if you did it the original way, you'd just be checking off a list and doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. Yeah. And not then, serving. Yeah. And, you know, either A, maybe not be around at all, or B, you're around, but everybody hates you. Yeah. And, but that's not the way it is. So that's, I mean, 
it's a huge tribute to you and the culture you've built. So yeah. um, that's awesome. I, uh, I love that you safety um, cares so much about people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think that's way valuable even outside of the oil and gas industry, just in general, just mm-hmm. in business in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you care so much about people that, uh, like you said, your clients, you focus so much on them that, uh, you know, it's almost set up like a, like an a la carte. Like, what do you need? Like, yeah. we don't want to shove this down your throat. Cookie we don't, cutter yeah. product or yeah. service down your throat. Yeah. Cause that doesn't work at no. least anymore. No. <laughs> so, our eyes are on the future too. I mean, our eyes are on what's working today, but also where's the industry going in the future, just like learning. Mm, I mean, yeah. we're never going to not do hands-on training. I think that that's like super, that's the most beneficial safety training is hands-on. Absolutely. Um, but it's paired. There's, it's hands-on training isn't the only way to go. There's also online training that I think first people hear online training, just like me when I first heard it, I'm like, get online training away from here (laughs) online training especially online safety training they all suck they're terrible it's a waste of money Mm. it's ineffective i mean i thought that and so developing an online learning platform that i knew our clients wanted and needed something that's it's up to date it's relevant it's animated it's interactive so, I mean, our, our eyes, I can't tell you enough how important it is to have our eyes on the future. Mm. Um, Plus, that industry is exploding anyways, or like learning. it's going yeah. to. So Yeah, yeah. And then soon we'll all have virtual <laughs> reality and we could get people training on the job without being on the job. I mean, yeah, my mind is... 24 7 spinning of just how <laughs> can we train better mm. i think that whatever industry you're in if you're not if your eyes oh i don't know i mean if your eyes aren't on the future i wouldn't want to be that person's client like when right. on whatever it is right i just oh, yeah things change so fast anyways like yeah that's yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah um are you proud of true safety yeah, I'm really, I like get goosebumps like, when you <laughs> ask me that. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of not just the team that we're building, but I love to say and think that I love being the first to admit that we're not perfect mm. because I see a lot of people, you know, that's just, oh yeah, we have like painting, painting a facade that everything's perfect, everything's great. And I'm, I'm proud that like we, we are learning every single day Mm. that I'm not perfect. The company's not perfect. Like, like we're learning every single day. Um, I think that our story of just being me and now we're the number one safety company in Colorado. And I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I am proud of that. I'm, I'm just proud of the people Mm. and I'm proud of the fact that we're a small company that offers, I mean, just like the little things, health insurance and benefits and the, the pay, the salaries, the, and the pay and the truck allowance. Like we're able to provide these crazy benefits that big, first of all, we're not even obligated to because we're less than 50, but I just, it was really important to me early on that the employees were taken care of. Mm. And so having that in the forefront 
I think is what has helped us obviously grow. But um, I'm just proud of the people. Like nothing gets, I was so excited. Um, I was at our Christmas party and I just had so many people coming up to me. It was like a moment that I'll just never forget is people coming up to me one-on-one and just super emotional. You know, a lot of our, a lot of the team is our guys, you know, and, but to see just grown adults just like show their appreciation for what we've done to their lives, what true safety has done for their lives, their personal lives or financial situation, um, being able to provide a lifestyle for somebody and take them from here to to here, I think like that's the ultimate, like that's the ultimate feeling. Mm. There was nothing there. Good. Yeah, there was like no greater high than, um, <laughs> yeah, just that adrenaline and just hearing how much we've made an impact on our own employees, I think is what's, I don't know, it's an ultimate feeling. It was great. I'm, I'm proud of that part. And then mm, sure, yeah. yes, for employees first, but then I'm proud of the clients that we serve. I mean, in the beginning, a couple of years ago, I don't know, I, I didn't think that we'd be serving, I guess I kind of did. I mean, I, I knew we'd be number one in Colorado, but <laughs> it, and then more above beyond that, just the customers that we're able to serve, um, to that capacity, to that professionalism, like, we're at that caliber whereas before you know we were new and now we're taking on these major projects we have employees in virginia and in texas now and now our office meetings it's exciting to see it grow like it's exciting to see our office meetings are all three branches virginia texas colorado um that's growing that's exciting so like i'm i'm really proud of that it's it's exciting to me for sure yeah, that's huge. That's a big, big accomplishment. For yeah, sure. our virtual um, ops meetings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting for sure. It's fun. Um, well, that might be all the time we have. So yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for coming back for part two. Yes. Um, Thank you everyone for listening yeah. and feel free to drop in questions. Email us. Um, the next episodes coming out, we'll be able to address them. So I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon.